Affirmative Murder is brought to you by My Life in a Book. With Mother's Day right around the corner, I just know you guys are thinking about a truly special gift for your mom. But let me tell you about a pretty priceless gift. MyLifeinabook.com It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book that you could pass down from generation to generation, which I think is a pretty awesome memento to leave behind. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. Your mother or the mother can either type her response or record her voice. MyLifeInABook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audio book using her voice recordings. It would be like preserving her voice and her stories for all of eternity. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories and this is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm in the middle of my MyLifeInABook.com journey and I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I've been asking some pretty thought-provoking and funny questions and you know, I'm excited to see the response, but I'm also just excited to have the physical book in my hands and know that I can look back on it in 20, 30 years. The interface is super user-friendly. The questions are super easy to set up. It's a breeze of a process. So what I need you to do is check out mylifeinabook.com. That's mylifeinabook.com. And use code AMP. That's A-M as in Mother's Day. P. At checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for the mom in your life this Mother's Day. One more time. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code AMP for 10% off today. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at mvmt.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at mvmt.com. We're brothers. We're happy and we're singing and we're colored. Give me a high five. All right, cut and print. Beautiful guys. Dynamite. <laughs> The year is 2019. The month is December. I don't know the date. We'll get to that in a second. There was a birth, unlike any birth. A king was brought to this planet. And if all else fails, there is now an heir to the affirmative murder throne. Yes, there was a child. But I get the vibe that Sophia isn't into murder shit. So when the young king, who we will get to his statistics in a second, is of age, he will take the throne and run with it. Congratulations to uh, my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. Also, first of all, this is Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Podcast, but you know that already. Uh, Fran, let's get back to what I was just discussing. Uh, you had a birth in your family as of late. The fourth? What day was it? The third. The third. December third, yeah. December the third of 2019. Yep. Young man was born. Yeah. Uh, would you like to reveal the name to the listeners? His name is Maximiliano Francel Evans. Francel, Francel. Call him Max. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I please. Yeah, me too. That's a long one. Yeah, yeah. But uh, beautiful name, beautiful baby boy. 
Uh, congratulations on that, sir. Thanks, sir. Um, how are things? What's the transition like? It's good. Um, it was a long. We went in Monday night. It was a long, like twelve hours. Um, really long. Is that is that not standard? How that's that's Sophia, how shorter for some people. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've no yeah. no reference. I've yeah, no Sophia wasn't reference. with us. She was at uh, Steph's mom's house, but we went in. I mean, how long was labor for Sophia? Was it not twelve hours? No, it was shorter. Than it that? was shorter than that. Oh, yeah, okay. it was quicker oh. than that. But um, still long, man. I only yeah. got like two hours of sleep throughout that time. Yeah. Um. So when she was ready to go, I had to pop up, sleeping on this bullshit ass couch. Chair, I don't oh, know. So she, oh, at the hospital. At the hospital. Oh, okay. Terrible. I couldn't wait to get out of there. After, yeah, you know, he got here. He got here healthy though. Uh, got all five fingers off, ten toes. Yeah, yeah he's on. healthy. Yeah. Um, but other than that, everything's good. We got home, and then all he does at this point, he's like not even a week old yet, so he's just sleeping and eating and pooping. And Typical. The dream, really. Yeah. For some. <laughs> I wish I can do that. Yeah. But other than that, it's fine. Sophia's fine, and she's loving her new baby, her baby brother. So everything's good right now. So I'm happy. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I contemplated, because I wanted to have a discussion with you, and mm-hmm. I contemplated on whether I wanted to do it off mic or on mic, but I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people will be able to relate to me on this, mm-hmm. so I wanted to have the conversation on mic just for people out there. So this is your second child, yeah. right? So for me, uh, we've known each other since what, 11? Yeah. Yes. Now, for a lot of people in my situation where it's like, we're not old, but we're not necessarily young. But I would still say we're on the young side. Yeah. And I have friends that are having kids. Yeah. And then it's like, I don't have kids. So it's, but like, I have I have five siblings. Mm-hmm. And for reasons that are all kind of scattered, we're not the closest in the world. Mm-hmm. But you are very much like a brother to me. Right. And yet, I don't see your kids, your kid that you have. Yeah. Very often at all. Yeah. And I think that's a combination of, I don't have a reason to come like to your house unless yeah. you like ask me to mm-hmm. like like invite me to do something yeah but at the same time it's like uh we went to the symphony of lights yesterday which mm-hmm. is like this like ball in baltimore you go out to columbia and you ride around and the christmas lights and everything like that yeah. and, I, and i was riding around and i was like it would be cool if like i if if i had a connection with sophia at any point like pick her yeah. up we take her out get some hot chocolate yeah. go to the thing symphony of lights and all that kind of stuff and it's like this is kind of that point yeah where that's built um to where it's not like a chore yeah you know and and i don't know how to now you have another kid Mm -hmm. so it's like now i don't i don't know how to uh create that Mm -hmm. without because what what i'm saying is not like man i want you to bring your kid over here more yeah but it's like i want to find like a middle ground to where because god forbid we're some wood like if something happened to you, mm-hmm. Sophia is just some El Salvadorian kid that I'm going to see grow up on Facebook. Yeah. And we'll never, <laughs> never hear any yeah. stories yeah. that I have mm-hmm. from you and all these kind of things like that. Unless I have a connection with her of my own. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I would like to start moving towards doing that. Yeah. Because I, I think that's important. Yeah. Which is crazy about that is I had a conversation with Steph about that. It was like, now... Her being a girl makes it different. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So that would have to, for me, it would be fine, but yeah. it would have, for her, it yeah. would have to be like a permission thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, but, and that's what I mean. I, I yeah, understand yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I was, I, I wanted to, it's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird, like, conversation to have. Yeah, I get it, though. Because it's like, 
I'm not saying like bring your kid over right, to right, my right. house and drop him off. I'm saying I want to build the relationship right, right. to where if at a, to where you can get to that point eventually, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and and I can count I can count on both my hands how many times I've met Sophia. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like because of reasons like there are people that are in your life that aren't as close as me and you, but they have kids. Yeah. So they have a reason to like come to your house or whatever. Yeah. Where Sophia like knows them by their name and things like that, where I don't think she knows me by my name. Yeah. But I don't have a kid. So it's like there are the scenarios and where you, you guys are doing things and inviting people over. It mm-hmm. might not make sense to invite the single couple or right. whatever. You know right. what I mean? So I'm just trying to find the middle ground. Yeah. Because it's like... um now that I have a a boy, uh-huh. which is different. Yes. And I told her that, you know, um, be having a boy is different because I can, Sophia, I can, can't take her everywhere. Yeah. It's just, uh-huh. it's just, she's a girl and it's just, that's just how it is. But with the boys, like, I told her that I want to, I have to do a better job on my side. Uh-huh. So he will know a lot, a lot of people. Sophia, because if she don't know you, she won't even. For, yeah. She won't even talk. She yeah. won't talk to you at all. <laughs> For sure. I mean, which is that's how she's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, no, but, understandable. But I, I feel like you're all right. But I got to do a better job on my end for that to make that happen. But with a boy, it's gonna be. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna push Sophia so she had that relationship with yeah. my closer friends. For sure. But with him, it's, it's definitely easier. gonna be like that. It's easier yeah. with a yeah, boy. For sure. So, um, yeah, I, we actually talked about this the other day. I was like, I got to do a better job on my end to build those relationships with my kids and my yeah. closest friends. Cause I got about t- I can I got about three closest friends, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah. and the other two have kids, so yeah. it's like, so it's like, um, she don't even know them that well, but yeah. but I was like, I told her that I got to do a better part of my end, but with the boy, it'd be it'd be it'd be different for, for sure, sure, for sure, understandable. Because it was like my first kiss, like you still I'm you still growing as a parent, right? You, she's still, four years still old, but you still I'm yeah. still figuring out. And then with the boy, now I gotta. It's easier to figure it out because I'm from a, a you know another you know what's going group. on more, exactly so like more like, and more acutely like yeah. you know directly what's going on yeah and you, sure. you can relate better with a you know if you're a, a male you can relate better with another boy for it's sure just, it's just how it is but I yeah exactly I got to do a better job on my end to make those relationships happen and then that is my goal for the year coming up and whatnot because I mean we like you said we not young we not now early twenties anymore yeah. but it's like. I'm almost pu- we almost pushing thirty, so yeah. it's like we getting there. So yeah, it's like, for sure. so it's like you got to take that stuff a little seriously, and then yeah. you know them relationships you got to build those. And, I'm, and that's my goal. I told her that's my goal to make those things happen. So yeah. I'm glad you actually brought that up because yeah, because it's like again, as I was saying, from a perspective of a, at the age that we're at, I think it's a lot of people in the situation that I'm at where it's like step. I mean, um, Sierra went through the same thing where her friend had twins, yeah, and then it's like. Her and then her, her friends are girls, so there's a mom. So she's yeah. like, no, no, there's no time. And then you start to feel like, well, is it personal? Is it? Yeah. Is it? Are we not friends anymore? Mm-hmm. All this kind of stuff. And it's weird in a situation as a guy because it's like we're clearly still friends. Yeah. But that hasn't extended to a kid the way that in my mind at like 15 I thought like. Yeah, no. And obviously, yeah. as men in your mind, it's like your first kid's going to be a boy. Yeah. And, and so little friends going right, to play exactly. basketball and this kind of stuff. <laughs> and you have Sophia, this beautiful kid. And yeah. it's like, I don't know that kid at all, mm-hmm. you know? And and again, like I was saying, we were riding around through the thing. I was like, that'd be cool to like, you know, because I have a nephew. Yeah. I don't see him that often. But that's a, that's a product of 
me not nurturing my relationship with my sister, right. but me and you, our relationship just nurtured because you're my boy and we've been friends, all, right. this kind of, all this kind of stuff. So I've already just, when you told me you were having a kid, I had a more of a connection than when I found out my sister was pregnant because yeah. we're just closer than me and my sister are. Gotcha. So that not developing into anything has been weird over the years because it's like, man, like this, my friend has a whole kid. Yeah. Like that's just is that at his house and then yeah. he comes over here and then <laughs> he goes home yeah. and then it, there's a kid over there. Yep. You know, so yeah, I I, I would like to um put forward effort into getting that uh taken care of too. Obviously yeah, sure. with permission and I don't want to cross any lines yeah. and you know me and I, Stephanie doesn't know me that well, but you know, I'm not a weirdo. Right. But so but I know I gotta like that has to be established, and there's boundaries, and all, yeah. and we'll get all that figured it's out. It's just it's with a girl, with a girl. It's just oh, for, I, yeah. oh, yeah. Sure. We do a true right. crime podcast. <laughs> I fully understand, right, right. You know, absolutely, you know. And on on the subject of us doing a true crime podcast and doing stupid shit, my neighbor, who seems like a nice guy, he's helped me do some stuff at the house. Baked a pie for us. Okay. And I dug right into that pie and I ate that pie, and I didn't even. Didn't think about. I'm eating the pie, and I'm like, man, if he if he poisoned this pie, it's a great it's plan because he's super nice. Yeah, he really like. It's not like we've had some issues, and then it was a makeup pie. Mm-hmm. He just dropped us off a fresh baked pecan pie. You know, white people love pecan pie. Mm, I've never had. Pie. I've never had it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know it was. You know, because the top layer is pecan, so you yeah. can't really make a nice cut. Yeah, it's just it's just gonna be this weird like shaped piece of pie because you can't make the you know the triangle shape because yeah. the pecans won't split with the knife that you use so right. they kind of you know so I but I, I scooped it out and went for it and I was like this is delicious you ate it huh yeah foolishly I hate pecan pie foolishly but I didn't get I you know, I didn't die it was yesterday I'm still alive but yeah. just you know um be be you know everybody out there like be leery of like people dropping off baked goods unwrapped at your house yeah. don't just go dig right into them yeah you know, analyze. Do I do I know this person? Do I trust this person? I didn't do any of those things, yeah. and we've been doing a true crime podcast for some time, so I felt pretty stupid about yeah, that. Yeah, that happened to me. Uh, I think I told you I was at work, and then I had my Cowboys hat on, uh-huh. and one of my customers was like, "Hey, man, you a Cowboys fan?" I was like, "Yeah, man, how that team looking? I gotta show you something. I want you to see my basement." I was like, "Oh, word!" I was like, "Okay." I go, right in. This, I go in his basement. <laughs> no, I didn't hear this. Didn't story. even didn't even think about it. Go in his basement. He got cowboy shit everywhere. Cowboys, fucking Cowboys couch. It's shit everywhere of Cowboys. And I was like, I left out and um, I told Steph, I was like, he could have killed me. I walked in this guy's basement and didn't even, didn't You didn't just walk in his living room. You walked down some steps. Didn't even think about it. He could have had a clicker that closed the door and locks it. Man. But see, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the benefit that we get as men. Yeah. To not even, you, that's an afterthought. Yeah. Because a woman, male person would have been like, no, I'm not going uh, in your basement. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. no, I'm sorry. I got routes. Or would have been like, oh, shoot. You know, they already got the excuse. Women have to deal with that type of, shit, type of shit all day. So they got the excuses. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm running late on my route. So I can't even next time. Right. Just won't even go in the house. You were like, oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Didn't even. He could have <laughs> hit my ass with a bap. Oh, man. man. It could have been somebody else in the basement. Yeah. You know, oh, man. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. No, at all. Terrible at all. Decision. At all. Man. Yeah. It's. <laughs> It's a wild time, but on a serious topic, it is the holiday season, uh, and I've been hearing all kind of reports of uh, around Baltimore, uh, and I'm sure nationwide, uh, these just white vans trying to snatch people, man. Yeah. You know, um, I saw a comment under one of the news stories that was like, oh, so now I'm supposed to just be like, report any kind of work van that I see, and it's like, I mean, maybe, man, you might be saving a life. My rule is always a windowless van is sketchy off rip. Yeah. Period. And then they zoomed in on the back and some of these vans have this like 
this metal circle mm-hmm. where the doors close yeah. and it looks like a deadbolt on the outside of the yeah. door, you know? And that's a red flag as well. It could be nothing. But these are just things to keep an eye out for. Mm-hmm. You know, also people following people around when you're going to uh, Walmart and yeah. grocery store. If you if you it, it it wouldn't hurt to say if you see somebody a guy following a woman around a Walmart or whatever if you happen to pass by that woman or don't pass by that woman and make an effort to pass to go up to her and say, hey, man, look at somebody following you around the mall. I just, I just wanted to let you know that I saw that. So yeah. maybe like be, keep an eye out because there have been multiple reports of people trying to take women off the streets around Baltimore yeah. and put them in vans and stuff like that. And I'm sure a lot of these cases have been successful cases that we haven't heard about, like women being snatched. Yeah, because there are a lot of missing women all around this country, specifically mm-hmm. black women. So. Just it's the Christmas season. It's very chaotic. What is Every, tra- uh, sex trafficking? Sex or? trafficking, man. It's it's. I, I don't know. The it, business must be booming, man. Because mm-hmm. the to have the nuts to go up and snatch a person off the street, wherever you're taking them, you must be confident that they're just gonna be gone. It sounds like and you're some, getting money straight yeah, up. It sounds something. like some shit where somebody go, "Hey, man, you heard of this? You can make you can make that's some extra money on the like, side." That's, I'm, and some just like, "Oh I'm shit!" Wonder, yeah, I'm wondering like what the network is right. of like. You know, like an ad in a paper. I know it's not an ad in the paper, but it's like looking for a woman. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I need a, a five foot four black woman between twenty and fifty, and yeah. a guy. There's guys just going out and trying to find that type of woman. Yeah. And snatch them off the street. Yeah. But I'm like wondering where the word is coming down from. Is that just what's mm-hmm. hot right now? Like what the type? Just women. Just the sex trafficking industry. Is so it's just it's just crazy, man. Mm-hmm. So just keep an eye out. We went to the mall yesterday after we went to a Symphony of Lights, and the parking lot was just a cluster. Yeah. A sea of just cars and vans and trucks, because everybody's shopping at the mall. Yeah. There's so many people there that somebody could just disappear. You could hear a scream. You could hear a yell. You could hear a commotion, and you don't pay any mind because there's commotion everywhere. People in stores and all this kind of stuff. So uh, it's it's a time of the season to really just be aware of your surroundings and, you know, and be around your surroundings, not only for yourself, but again, if you see somebody... Who has a person who's lurking around the aisles? Mm-hmm. You know, they're when they go down the aisle halfway, you see a person like pop out and look, and then slowly walking behind them. It that person would appreciate, even if they uh, say, you know, come at you with some, some kind of what? Mm-hmm. When you tell them what you're suspecting, I don't see how a person couldn't appreciate at, at the heads up at least. You know, mm-hmm. so that's my PSA for today, along with the uh, conversation me and Fran had about. Uh, you know, kids, you know, friends having kids and all that kind of stuff like of that sort. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff, other stuff that I could have talked about, but didn't really get around to real quickly before we go on break. I want to say uh, a congratulations. The Innocent Pro- the Innocence Project is struck again. There were three men from Baltimore who were ser- who had served 36 years in prison, recently got released and uh, 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 apparently, if I'm not mistaken, got a three million dollar settlement. Now, mm. three million dollars. It's not going to pay for 36, 40, almost 40 years of your life being yeah. stolen. But any kind of, you know, help that they can get to reacclimate themselves back into society, mm-hmm. I'm all for. So I want to give a, a congratulations to Alfred Chestnut, Ransom Watkins, and Andrew Stewart. Uh, they are free men, thanks to the Innocence Project. And uh, it's the holiday season. If you got a couple extra dollars, donate to the Innocence Project. If you keep at, People keep asking us, when are we going to have a Patreon and all these kind of things. We don't have one right now, but if you want to make a donation to the Innocence Project, that is how you can um, contribute to us or send us Reese's Cups. Those are yeah. our two uh, payment acceptance as of right now. 2020, hopefully, we'll make some changes, but it's a busy, it's a, you know, we got we got lives outside of this. Yeah. So, you know, 
I might say, yeah, this day, and then it might not work out, man, because y'all don't pay my bills. Yeah. You know, I got love for y'all. I love all our listeners. I love the affirmation and all that kind of stuff, but shit, man, Christmas tr- Christmas is not free. So I got to go out and make this money, man. So sometimes stuff's going <laughs> to suffer, you know. It's, it's, that's just the way it is, man, until until we're able to, you know, put some legs up under this and, you know, and, and have this be its own self-sustaining system. Anyways, uh, I want to take a break. You know, I usually like to play, you know, good vibes music. I was not particularly a super big fan of this artist. I didn't know him very well, but I know the one song I'm about to play. Uh, rest in peace to Juice World. Uh, 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, they're still speculating on what the cause of death was. As, as of now, it's a seizure at an airport. But, you know, I probably, you know, if I had to guess, it, I would guess it would probably be drug related. But I don't want to speculate on somebody's death. That's not my place. Um, but very talented artist from what I know. Yeah. A lot of people were fans. I know your friend, you listen yeah. to him, right? Yeah, I like this music. Yeah, yep. so um, I was going to play Lucid Dreams, but if you want to play another, you know. No, nah, you can play. That's fine. I okay, like uh, yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. This is Lucid Dreams by Juice World. RP to him, and, um, you know, condolences to all his fans and everybody who's grieving him at the moment. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit, so stick around. All right, and we are back, Fran. It is my turn to go first this week, so please pull up a chair. Okay. This week, my story is uh, Jasmine Richardson and the Richardson family murders. Okay. Okay. So, uh, here we go. So, Jasmine Richardson and Jeremy Stank met at a... Yeah, um... I might be saying it wrong, but it's S-T-E-I-N-K-E. Okay. I don't particularly like the dude, so I'm just going to call him Stank for the rest of the, um, right. <laughs> the rest of this production. Uh, they met at a punk rock show. Before Richardson, and, before Richardson met Stank, she was described as a happy social girl. Mm-hmm. However, that changed once Richard, Richardson began seeing the 23-year-old Stank. She was 11 years old at the time. Wow. He was 23. He was, she was 11. It wasn't Canada. But I don't know why I said that. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They might just do things differently in Canada. Because I'll get to the parents. But okay. 11 and 23 is nuts. Yeah. You know, 15 and 19, I still have some reservations about. But it makes more, more sense. When you're 23, an 11-year-old, is a, that's a, chi- that's a, that's a child. That's yeah. a child. That's a child. Like, that is a little child. I don't even know how you see that as a... A viable like date prospect yeah. that's insane i feel like the only way that works is if you brainwash that child oh i don't see how oh just wait just yeah. check this shit okay out. okay so she was 11 years old richardson was instantly taken with the goth lifestyle as she'd become a member on the website vampirefreaks.com is it gigolos or something 
Juggalos? Jug- juggalos. Yeah, no, they're definitely not Jigalos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very different thing. But they, this might, no, Juggalos started in like the 90s. This could be, there might be some overlap, but okay. they are specifically goth and vampire. They think they're vampires. Hmm. Juggalos are just trash people. Okay. They aren't, I don't think they think they're a thing. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a monster. Like, no, I'm just, I like to drink Fago and listen yeah. to rap music. Yep. Um, so yeah, so she had a profile on this vampirefreaks.com website. She described herself on there as bis- a bisexual Wiccan. She described herself as nocturnal, which is, you know, you know, I like to be out at night. Yeah. A vampire. Vampire. Yeah. yeah. Li- j- hinting at being a vampire. Uh, she Awkward, which is- I mean, what do you- <laughs> So if you go on this site and see this, so what do you go- I'm not, you know, it's just nocturnal. Like, oh yeah, yeah, nice. nice. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of your. This, this is how you describe yourself. I'm nocturnal. Oh, wink, wink. <laughs> oh, uh, she, she described herself as awkward, a deep thinker, and insane. Okay, it's very. That's you know how you have the you know about. Mm-hmm. That's her about on her profile. Hmm. Her about is a bisexual Wiccan who is nocturnal, mm-hmm. awkward, a deep thinker, and insane. Yeah. Uh, Jasmine's hobbies were listed as dark poetry, criminal psychology, blood, kinky shit, and human anatomy. Okay. So it's a real, you know, real, mm. real crazy list of, uh, you know, your interests and things yeah. like that. Uh, she wore makeup that made her look older, but how much older can you look when you're 11? Yeah. Do you look 14? <clears throat> you know, that's still, still nuts gross. to be 23. And you can get, you can buy alcohol and, so many things. I don't even know why I'm trying to list the things that you can do when when you're 23 and then you're dating an 11 year. You just shouldn't be dating an 11 year old at all. I don't need to be. Period. I don't need to make like a list of things of reasons why. You just yeah. shouldn't be. It's insane. Uh, Stank's own upbringing wasn't as wholesome as Richardson's. His mother was an alcoholic and her partner abused Stank. Kids at school bullied him, and by the time he met Richardson, he had already attempted suicide. Now all those things are terrible. That no excuse justify. to be dating a twenty, uh, yeah. an eleven-year-old. That's nuts. I'm trying to hear. Yeah, from age from the age of thirteen, Stank had developed an elaborate persona. Wearing a vial of blood around his neck, he claimed to be a three hundred-year-old werewolf. Okay, living the fantasy. That's for sure. Big time, big time, big time. Not just a werewolf, a three hundred-year-old werewolf. To yeah. add that on top of it is not, to be like specific about. I'm not just a werewolf. I'm a 300-year-old werewolf. The vampire, kind of. He's a vampire werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. They had one of those in those Underworld movies. I don't watch those. Great. uh, uh, um, uh, What's her name? Uh, Kate Beckinsale? Great in those movies. Hmm. I mean, they suck. They're shitty movies, but they're like stupid action movies that are like past the time. That's like your favorite kind of movie. What? Like an action stupid movie that you don't have to pay too much attention to, but then they do flips and stuff and explosions. They fight? Yeah. You should check them out, man. They're super stupid, but they're really entertaining. Is it like bats and shit flying around? They got wings and shit like that? No, they don't turn into bats. It's it's like it's it's a different take on vampires. I mean, they're still vampires, but they don't turn into bats. Okay, that they no, haven't done that you. in vampire movies I don't, in a long time. I don't want that. No. Blade doesn't turn into a bat. You like Blade, right? Yeah, I love it's like Blade. girl Blade. Okay, it's like girl white girl Blade. Nah, <laughs> not interested. <laughs> not interested. <laughs> I'm here for Blade because like he's West black and a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, um, so uh, here's a little bit about. Uh, let me continue on about this 300 year old vampire werewolf. 
On his VampireFreaks.com profile, he listed his interests as scarification, which is gross. Is this site still up? I hope not. Did you check it Actually, out? I kind of hope so. Just to see a bunch of people who are like, my name's uh, Ventrillion. I'm a 1,000-year-old I'm going to look it up. Yeah, VampireFreaks.com. Check it out. If it's still up, still up. You know, hmm. I don't know. It's a bunch of people out there who think they're vampires. I don't want, like... People get the information off. I don't want nobody like trace. Yeah, they put you. They, they put shit. you. They put you on their uh, mailing list. Yeah, and it's like fuck uh, is this new o, new o, o positive blood coming out this uh, summer? Get some for your family, thirty <laughs> percent off. The fuck? Put it under the the perfect uh, stocking stuffer. Blood. <laughs> uh, so his interests are scar were scarification, which is you know making marks on yourself, and then they heal, and then it's like a tattoo. Mm. You know, the like uh for t- painful. like frat boys, they do yeah. it with the iron, which yeah. is nuts. That shit. That's like nuts. Yeah. I would never commit to anything that hard to burn myself with a branding iron. Anyway, scarification, pain, kinky fetishes, hmm. blood, and razor blades are a few of his interests. Okay. Uh Jeremy described himself as a gothic individual who believes in blood, destruction, guts, gore. And greed. Am I God's champion or Satan's angel? That's kind of fire. If like that, that was that my, if that was my MySpace profile description back in the day, that'd be kind of fire with like Drake playing as it the whole profile opens up. Remember all that? Yeah, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> okay, you want to put me on your top eight? Me in no, the little box, that. like you got like black hair. Yeah, I got like fan. Like, no thanks. No. And I got like a one bang over one <laughs> eye. Got like a bob cut. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when Jasmine Richardson's parents, Mark and Deborah, found out about the relationship, they prohibited their daughter from seeing Stank. As they should. And that's kind of that's kind of light. I would have fucked this guy up if I yeah. was her dad. Mm-hmm. You know, like you are not allowed to see my daughter anymore. I would have beat that into him. It wouldn't have just been like a phone call. Or something. So he was hanging out at this point, or it was just oh they they, they were dating each other. But oh, then I the parents found in. out. Oh, I just thought they had like an internet. Thing. No, they were seeing each other. Okay. They were seeing each other, probably having sex with a child, which wow. is rape, you know, you know, statutory rape. Yeah. Um, and the parents found out about it and were like, hey, I don't think so, buddy. You're out of here. And that was it. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I hope it, I hope it That's how it would not Well, they're Canadian, so it probably was a little on the polite side like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he was prohibited from seeing um, uh, the, the young lady. But Richardson and Stink were in love. Living at Richardson's parents... Uh, living at Richardson's parents Stank wrote uh, on his blogging platform on April 3rd 2006 and this is uh, this um, the first source I used which is all that's interesting mm-hmm. they took the quote they took the this what I'm about to read mm-hmm. and um, shortened it with like ellipses and stuff so it would be like dot 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 then they continue okay. but I found the whole thing oh, and it's cool. actually a whole song it's a song so I'm gonna sing mm-hmm. the song you um, heard? Did you? I mean, did you? No, I mean it's it's lyrics, oh, okay, but they rhyme. You. It's All a right. it's a rhyme. Okay. So, <clears throat> oh, pardon me. <clears throat> Please prepare for those these golden pipes. Uh, so yeah, this was his blog post on April third, two thousand six. <clears throat> Payment. My lovers' rents are totally unfair. They say that they really care. They don't know what's going on. They just assume as their greed continues to consume. She is slowly going insane. She continues, she's glad that I came into her life to help her out. 
and to stop what they're trying to shout. It's all total bullshit. Their throats I want to slit. They will regret the shit they have done. Especially when I see it that they are gone. They shall pay for their insolence. Finally, there shall be silence. Their blood shall be payment. What is this like? Uh, I mean, he wrote this. <laughs> yeah, that was his blog post. What is? I mean, who was in? Who was the studio when he? Michael Jackson and I like, I was like Creed. R. Kelly and fucking no, that was rock What's going shit. On, man? That was rock shit, man. Nah, man. You got Michael Jackson from that? Yeah. I mean, I, I thank you, but no, I was going for more like a grungy rock thing. Wow. <laughs> you wow. got R. Kelly and, and Michael Jackson from that? The producers, man, they, they produced that song for sure. From okay. what I heard from that song, he, I'm guessing he wanted to kill the parents because yeah, like uh-huh. yeah, yeah. One of my okay. one of my one of the craziest lines is uh, in all that shit. He's like, "This is bullshit." Yeah. You know, it's just. Also, a bunch of other things about like slitting their throats. And yeah, all that. it was pretty. It was it was it's pretty nuts what he said. But he put that up on a public platform and was like, "These are my feelings." How do you know he's singing like that though? You just just seem- looking at him, and he's a three hundred year old werewolf. So I just kind of assumed <laughs> it was uh, on the Creed, you know, kind of nine inch nails kind of side of things. And I thought that's what I was delivering. And you're telling me it was Michael Jackson esque. Yeah. So, but when people hear that, there will be uh, I will have a, a backdrop of music, and it will all come together. Okay, so, all right. Um, uh, you all heard that. You, 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 yeah, though. you guys all heard it. You understood what I was going through for once the production came together. Yeah, Frank, I heard you, acapella. Yeah, that. you didn't hear the production value. Uh, um, so anyway, that was his post, and uh, so Richardson and Stank. Were, uh, no, I read that already. Uh, 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 yes. So uh, after that post, according to police reports, it was Richardson. Although that song, although that post was posted, according to police reports, it was Richardson, the daughter, who first proposed the plan to kill her parents. Mm. In an email, she told Stank she had a plan. (laughs) And this is an 11-year-old. So um, it begins with me killing them and ends with me me living with you, she wrote. Uh, Stank was receptive to the idea, replying, well, I love your plan, but we need to get a little more creative with like, the details and stuff. Yeah. That was his, that, that was his maturity. Like, yeah. let me step in as the mature person here. And like, we need to like really flush this out and like, um, really come up with a better plan and stuff. Now, us hearing these stories, right? Uh-huh. And say if we was in this type of situation. Where in what way? Our child. Okay. Is dating this older man. A grown ass man. And a we whole go, man. Yeah. And we go, yeah, this ain't, this ain't gonna happen. If, you, first of all, if, if if it was me and you involved in this, we would have went to this man's house yeah. and beat the shit out of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, yeah, I get that. Uh-huh. But if you can see that your daughter's like, you know, I love this guy. He brainwashed her. Mm-hmm. And we've heard these stories where it's like, I heard how some of these end. And I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> how would you? How would you? How would you go about that situation? How would you handle it? Um, I would beat the shit out of the man. Mm-hmm. And tell him to stay away from my... Again, this, we're not talking about 16 and 19. Yeah. This is an 11-year-old kid and a 23-year-old man. Yeah, but, I'm, so, but what I'm saying is you, we've heard how I do these, with the kid? Yes. Like, am I, am I afraid that my child will, like, stab me in my sleep or something? Or they, like, like yeah, they, yeah. You know, they come up with a plan behind your back to, like... I don't know, man. I feel like we live in an age where you just got to be on this from... You, you can't let it get this far. You can't let a 23-year-old person sink their teeth this deep into 
your 11 year old child to where you're concerned that they might let them in in the middle of the night and then they kill you in your if you if it's got that far that I'm move, I'm sending that kid to another state like they're gonna go live with my grandmother or something for a yeah. little bit till we shake this off and I might have to kill the dude yeah like legit sure. like I might you you have to be gone so if I tell the police what you're doing and they don't put you in jail then I'd have to yeah, because that's how ser- it's gotten to a we're talking about me dying or you dying yeah. yeah so you he might have to die and and I have I don't have any kids but I have to assume that if I've been pushed to this point if I have kids that's fully a thought in my mind. Where it's like that, oh, this guy might have to go. Man. Yeah, I might. I'm gonna send my kid away mm-hmm. for a few months, and they might have to go, man. Yeah. Cause shit, if I'm really concerned, if it's really gotten to the point where I'm like, they, she might kill me. Yeah. for this guy, then he might have to That's die. What I mean. yeah, yeah. I'm, it's me or you, and I'm not dying. So <laughs> yeah, I hope to never have to be <laughs> I hope we're never in that predicament in yeah. this situation you know, that, cause that's crazy Yeah, this whole thing is disgusting I'm just, yeah I just ask that because we, hit, we we do these stories but for sure mommy dead and dearest I mean that was yeah. that her mom was you know she had Munchausen's by proxy and was doing terrible things to Gypsy Rose um, but she got her boyfriend to kill him yeah. to kill her mom you know so it happens this shit happens man we've read a few stories where like the friend, the 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 couple turns on everybody and kills people because yeah. one of them told him to. So, yeah, but yeah, like I said, so according to police, it was actually um, the daughter of the parents of the Richardsons who came up with the plan first, mm-hmm. and then the the twenty three year old man was like, "Yeah, babe, but like, let me like go in the lab and really uh, get mentally deep into this and hatch a really good plan. I got you." Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jasmine's idols were serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. And singer Marilyn Manson. Now, not that that matters. I want to just put a... Uh, not that the Jeffrey Dahmer thing matters, but I still am... I'm hesitant about blaming people's actions on who they listen to, you know, for entertainment. You know, I don't know. it's hard, man. It, it, my opinion Especially keeps changing now. every day. Yeah. But, like, if you listen to Marilyn Manson, it's that same satanic panic thing. Like, if you listen to Dio or, you know, any other, you know, heavy rock music that, you know you know says the devil anything like that mm-hmm. if you end up killing somebody i don't think that person should be brought out to trial for their music yeah you know i don't think it should go that far if you want to say it you know uh unless you bring it up unless it comes up but it only comes up when they're trying to paint a picture i'm talking about the, oh the kid yeah oh them being like oh if a kid says i listen to marilyn manson and because yeah. of marilyn manson i killed people yeah I don't know if that's ever happened though. Anybody listening, if you if you know any stories where the person directly says, "I killed somebody because Marilyn Manson," I mean, or not we- them coming right out, but like some type of clown posse. Some type but of I'm saying, like if you, but but most of the time, it, it'll be these these musicians and stuff will be brought into questioning because there's posters on the wall, yeah, or because they have their lyrics scribbled in a in a uh, in a book where they're talking about, "I'm gonna kill that fat pig," and then it's like, oh. You know, Shaggy Two Dope from Insane Clown Posse calls women fat pigs. So he call he calls fat pig women fat pigs in his music. This kid listens to this. He called her a fat pig and then he killed her. So the Insane Clown Posse made this kid kill this girl. I just I don't know, I don't know man. man. I, I don't know. I'm at this. I hear you. Today, I do man. hear you. I do hear you because as I'm talking, I know there's circumstances of t- television imitating reality and people music. I get it, but I just, I don't know, video games, all that kind of stuff. It's like, I'm hesitant to take away people's, people have to have some responsibility for their own actions, you know? And I feel like that gives them a free pass where you say like, well, this kid played video games for 12 hours and then he killed somebody. So it's the video game's fault. 
Could be. You seen Joker, right? That's a movie. <laughs> People, man. But when you... But, all right, listen to this. You said it's a movie. Yeah. But when they see that guy, say if they see this guy on the street. Yeah. Who's, what's the name? What's the guy's name? Heath. I mean, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. They looking at him as Joker, not, yeah, not who he is. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I just don't... Nah, man. People live want to live in that fake reality, man. I just... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like that theory I hold so close to my heart. Yeah. But then every year as technology advances and mm-hmm. people become more and more detached, it's starting to sound true. Yeah, man. When I play basketball, I won't be LeBron James. He dunks on people. Yeah, Put the nuts in his face. Oh, but it's the... It's, oh, it's, hey, it's right, it's, it's <laughs> but it is the same, though. It's just different. It's just different levels, though, man. Yeah, it's tough, man. That's tough. I don't know. I don't. I just don't want to give people that pass, man. It's like it's not your. It's not your fault. Marilyn Manson made you do that. Hey, come on, you did it. You did it. Yeah. Whatever you listen to, you did it though. But who influenced you to do that though? Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. It's rough, man. That's a tough one. Um. So yeah, she she listens to Marilyn Manson. Two of her biggest uh, idols were Jeffrey Dahmer and Marilyn Manson, and she reportedly told her friends about the plan to kill her parents. Wow. Now we've had this. They were eleven years old. So I mean, they were eleven. So this is the eleven. But they either didn't believe her or thought she was joking. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, you're like at what sixth grade cafeteria table. Yeah, I'm gonna kill my parents. Okay, sure you are, and they're all goths. Yeah, I'm gonna kill my parents too. <laughs> we we make jokes. Whatever. My my mom loves me. She made me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. And she, no, but she was for real. So the night before the murders, the duo watched Oliver Stone's 1994 film, Natural Born Killers, which is, if I'm not mistaken, that's Woody Harrelson and uh, my girl, uh, Juliette Lewis. I believe it's Juliette Lewis. And they she they kill her dad and go on a killing spree, which is, the, that's the theme of the movie. So again, it's the, this is the whole conversation of life imitating art and people, are they responsible? Because if they are listening to Marilyn Manson and then they watch this movie where this guy who's dating this girl kills her dad and then they go on a killing spree they did that yeah so but it also lends to the if she's 11 and he's 23 who's more responsible for picking natural born killers and listening to Marilyn Manson like it more more likely it's this is all stemming from him yeah. even if she said my my parents won't let us be together so we have to kill them even that stems from the ideology yeah. that she's learning from him, even more likely her thoughts she, like that. Yeah, more likely she gets off and then he takes all of them. Oh, I'll get to that. Oh, I'll get to that. Okay. So the night before they killed their, their family, which is what happens, they mm. watched Natural Born Killers. And then on April 23rd, 2006, at her parents' home on a quiet residential street in Medicine Hat, Canada, Jasmine Richardson and her boyfriend followed through with their massacre. According to sources, uh, Jeremy left with, with Richardson's... Uh, she, Jeremy left Richardson's, who was the girl. He left her home alone. How are they hanging out? I don't even understand. That's the point. He has a car and she has legs. Hanging out inside the house? Oh, this is after they killed her parents. <clears throat> no, I'm talking about the night they watched the movie. They were hanging out at his house. He's a grown ass man. Oh, okay. He has a trailer. I thought, he has I, a trailer. I thought he was coming still, but I, I thought he was going to her house. Nah, that's man. He had his own still, spot. Still, she shouldn't. She, I mean, that's, that's wild. Man. It's super gross and nasty. Um, so yeah, according to sources, Jeremy left Richardson's home alone and went back to his trailer. A while later, Jasmine left the house and took a cab to 7-Eleven in Medicine Hat and walked from there to Jeremy's trailer. Two hours after the murders, they were laughing and eating in a restaurant. Wow. They were planning to leave the Providence the next day. Mm-hmm. 
So piecing together the evidence from the night of the murder, the police found that Deborah was killed first after being stabbed at least a dozen times. Wow. Mark fought back with a screwdriver. Salute to him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but was stabbed as well to death. Both parents' bodies were found in the basement of the home. How did he pull that off? So I feel bad for him having the... You're fighting the dude who is sleeping with your child, daughter, and then you lose the fight. How did he pull that off, though? Beating the dad? Beating both of them. Oh, that's crazy. Well, this dude, he said he's a 300-year-old werewolf. This dude, crazy people have a, they can unlock a level of strength that normal people But what, is, what was he, like 6'5"? Uh, he didn't look like he was very big in the photos that I saw. And he, you know, I don't know. I think it's pure crazy strength. I don't know about and that. And also maybe the element of surprise. And the daughter was there too, so I don't know how she might have contributed. Yeah, man. I don't <clears throat> This whole thing's a mess being that I don't know if, you take, a, if you take my wife off first, you ain't winning that fight. Yeah, that crazy Sorry. strength versus gun, grief strength, I think that, that nah. should be a better matchup. I'm surprised. You know, like you saw your wife die and this dude thinks he's a three hundred were you a werewolf. I, I would think the playing field was level. But yeah, man, that's gotta be tough to be standing there holding a screwdriver, fighting for your life, your wife is there dead, and your daughter's like in the corner cheering that, yeah. on her boyfriend yeah that's nuts like not che not cheering on you cheering on your the guy who's trying to kill you yeah that's your like last thought too oh my god yeah, yeah that's, that's that's rough man yeah. that's 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 really tragic um i'd rather i wouldn't want any of this shit to happen but if, if this was to ever happen to me i would rather them like poison me in my sleep or kill me yeah. in my i don't want to have to like see my kid decide to kill me yeah i don't know man if i had the strength left i'll be going after her so <laughs> that would be the last thing you did yeah you man <laughs> <laughs> that's hey, fucked up. Yeah, that's super fucked up, man. That's that's a tough one. That's that's a tough last moment to be alive. Um, yeah. So upstairs in his blood-soaked bed, the youngest Richardson had his throat slashed open. Um, had a baby and, or something? Huh? Baby brother? Uh, uh, he was older than her, but like okay. by a little bit. And um, from another report that I read, she she helped more in that one than it's being alluded to. Um. His throat was slashed open, but I've heard other reports that she stabbed him a couple of times as well, and then he was begging for his life and all this kind of stuff. But it, you know, that's nuts, man. So he was also <laughs> there are some reports that he was awake, like the, he didn't just like get killed in his sleep. This was a massacre, then. Oh, big time, big time, big time. Um, fearing Jasmine Richardson was a victim as well, the police released a statement that said because again, this is an 11 year old kid, so nobody's thinking when they show up to this house and her whole family's dead. That she's involved initially, yeah. they're all like, "Where's Jasmine? She, she's probably. We got to make sure she's she's okay." So they released a statement saying that they were searching for the Richardson's daughter regarding a serious family matter and sent out an Amber Alert. But she's like eating, you know, Seven Eleven hot dogs in a trailer park somewhere. Yeah, um, it's gross. Yeah, who goes to Seven <laughs> Eleven? Who has a hankering for say like, man, I just killed my whole family. I'm gonna go get me yeah, some taquitos. Man. I want a big bite and a big gulp. <laughs> That's nuts and gross. gross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this whole thing is gross. They're vampires. They terrible diet. Is, all all this kinds is gross. of shit. Um, so a trail of evidence led to Jasmine Richardson and Jeremy Stank, mainly consisting of the email exchanges between the two. Uh, they are, they were tracked down and arrested in Stanky's truck, which because they were trying to they were planning on leaving, you know, yeah. town. Uh. It was indicated that Stank killed Richardson's parents downstairs while she was upstairs in her brother's room. Witnesses testified that the two had admitted to, to the murders. 
One witness recounted Stank saying that the victims had been gutted like fish. Now, were they asleep? I can't remember if you said that or not. The, was the family? Yeah. No, no I mean, they they, it was it was in the middle of the night, but they woke up to fight, to, mm. to, to, to being killed. The dad fought for his life. The dad had a screwdriver, but he lost. Yeah. The mom was killed first, but they might have, I don't know the full details, but they might have came in, got her, and first. then that woke him up. Yeah. And what, but this is just, this is just Jeremy, his sister's upstairs with the mm. brother. Yeah. And then after he gets done down there, he goes upstairs to the, to, to, um, the brother's room and they kind of together kill the brother. Mm. What if they drunk their blood? Did they say that? They didn't say that, but oh. I mean, if, if they're really about that life, it was on birth their vampirefreaks.com profile interest page. So yeah. they might've dabbled in some blood. Play. How do you just do that and just like... Well, let's go to seven like, yeah. That is nuts. Oh, oh, they're all. It's this is all nuts. The dude from the jump. Take everything out that I just told you. Yeah. The dude <laughs> walks around with a vial of blood around his neck mm. and thinks he's a three hundred year old werewolf. That's yeah. the base. Yeah. That's but, the base. That's where we're starting. But for you to kill people and just like keep going on your like daily routine or just sure. like go back home he and probably maybe and watch TV. who knows how his brain where he's like in order for me to continue to live for the next 300 years i have to i have to spill the blood of an innocent family yeah it's how i must please my master Ooh, whatever he's saying in his mind i don't know what he's saying it's probably crazy as hell that's wild so hey, there's 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 uh, according to some witnesses he's he was going around telling people he gutted them like a fish and at her 2007 trial richardson who was only identified as jr at the time because of her age they couldn't even really, like, release her identity because she was a fucking minor. Uh, so at the, time of her, at the time of her age, she was only being called JR during her trial. She pleaded not guilty. She uh, said that she had hypothetical conversations about killing her family, but didn't intend on ever going through with it. And again, I'm quick to go like, oh, whatever, fuck you, man. That's stupid. But we're talking about a 13-year-old kid at this point. During her trial... Through the course of her trial, by the time she was convicted, she was 13. So we're talking about an 11 to 13-year-old kid. So it's like, maybe she really did think it was a hypothetical until it it happened that night. How do you joke like that, though? You could joke like punching your mom in the face or something like that. Can you joke that? I wouldn't, but I'm just saying, though. It's a really specific thing you Yeah, but you can can joke that. You can be with your friends and be like, man, she tried something up. You know, something like that. But she don't go, I I kill them all. Let's kill them and then we'll live together. Yeah. That's a plan. That's yeah. not hypothetical. Yeah, yes, yeah, I don't know, man. That's tough. But that you, you get what I mean, though. It's like yeah. I'm quick it's to say, yeah. I'm quick to say, hey, fuck you. You knew what you were doing. Yeah. But then it's to imagine a like we're talking about an 11 year old. She knew what she was doing when she up there with her brother. So I don't. I'm not really yeah, past with that. Yeah. So I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say, but with not as much force. Hey, fuck you. You knew what you were. You knew what you were doing. Uh, fuck her. You know. You knew what you were doing. Yeah. You know, you know, you know what you, you know what you did. It wasn't hypothetical. Uh, but she wasn't found guilty by a jury of, uh, by a jury for three counts of first degree murder. Oh, I'm sorry, but she was found guilty okay. by a jury <laughs> for three counts of first degree murder and given the maximum sentence for youth. What do you think that was, Fran? Mm, eight years. Six years in jail, followed it. by four years <laughs> yep. of supervision in the community. I knew that. She was 13 years old by the time she was convicted yep. and got probation six years. Six years and four years probation. Yep. I know it. Uh, in 2008. That was easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the most bullshit thing I could say? You were close. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Eight. 
Six. Yep. Off Community t- service, two off, years probation. Yeah, see, that would have been nuts. <laughs> <laughs> she was forced to uh, volunteer at an old folks home yeah. for 12 months <laughs> and pick up trash on the side of the road. What? She killed three people. That's uh, Canada, man. Uh, in 2008, Stank was convicted of three counts of first degree murder as well. As he was 25 years old at the time of the conviction, he was sentenced to life in prison without parole for 25 years. Hmm. The couple exchanged letters from jail promising to marry. None of the letters expressed guilt or remorse. Wow. Do they still communicate? What As is- of 2016, I, I, I would say no. Because oh, I'm going to get to that. That would be crazy. Uh, Richardson underwent extensive rehabilitation and treatment after she was sentenced. Psychiatric assessments revealed that she was diagnosed with conduct disorder uh, and oppositional defiant disorder. You, everything has a name, right? What does that mean? Like you can't say no? Or? I think conduct disorder means she's bad and oppositional defiant disorder means she doesn't like authority figures telling her no, which is... Okay anybody you know i don't know why i had a disorder it's like geez. i thought it meant like you can't you can't say no like if somebody go somebody tell you to do something and you just you could be right i don't know what either of these things are I mean, but I'm, I was just, I'm just breaking it down oppositional guessing. defiant disorder yeah you know either way these are the two things she was diagnosed with as a you know as a teenager they could have just real bullshit out of like oh. yeah I, was, I don't know she's whacked in the head yeah. <laughs> in 2016 at just a year younger than her partner in crime was when they committed the the homicides richardson was freed from the criminal justice system so she only served three years of her six-year sentence which is on par so she served half her sentence yeah. for well, killing her old family uh uh using reports from richardson's probation officer uh, Court of Queens bench justice Scott Booker said, you've indicated through your conduct that you have a desire to atone for what you did. Adding, clearly you cannot undo the past. You can only live each day with the knowledge that you can control how you behave. And they were like, now go back out into society and maybe meet a new guy who likes vampires yeah. and stuff like that. I don't know. Change live your, your name. Life. And yeah, change your life and change your, change your name. And- were they white? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But right. it's Canada. So, you know. All right. No, when you said whatever the judge said, I was like, well, that's. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what? You're not You're not your mistakes. You shouldn't have to live with this forever. Yeah. Get out of here. Go be free. It's unbelievable. Three years. Slap on the wrist. Um, and yeah, so that was the um, the story of Jasmine Richardson and the Richardson's family murders and wow. Jeremy Stank. I'm going to say his name like that because fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, is he still in prison? Yeah. Right. Yes, yes, yes. He's in. He's still in prison. I don't know if now, still do they still communicate? That's I what don't I know. know. Because as we learned from watching um, Abducted in Plain Sight, that dude, once he had his hooks in that little girl, mm-hmm. he had his hooks in her for a long time. Yeah. She was telling the family, fuck you, I want to go live with B or whatever yeah. his name is. She ran away from home, went and lived with him. They're calling him up on the phone saying like, hey, can you come home? No, I live here. Uh, you know, we need to repopulate. You remember that shit? Yeah, we need to repopulate the Earth because aliens and all, he had her head all twisted up. So she's about eighteen right now, right? Yeah, about eighteen, going on going on nineteen twenty. That's interesting, man. I want to know how that how it is now. I don't know how you could become a fully functioning adult in society after that being so part of like the development the developmental stage of your life is your boyfriend killed your whole family. Yeah, so that fucks with, um what you look for in a in a spouse uh your ability to make connections with people that's all ruined yeah you know like so i don't i have concerns about that person even being 
out and 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 not being you know uh, supervised anymore and all these kind of things because they they probably are pretty disillusioned about how the world works. You know, she was dating a three hundred year old werewolf person who killed her family, <laughs> and she had a hand in that. So yeah. that's tough. But yeah, that was the story of Jasmine Richardson and the Richardson family murders. Um, any more questions? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you some fucked up shit, so stick around. All right, and we're back. Fran, before I throw it to you, I just want to real quick, because we didn't get to talk to at the top of the show. Yeah. Did you see that video of those police in Florida got into a shootout with somebody, with these two people that stole a, U- a UPS truck and then got in a shootout like on the highway Yeah. and were using people's cars as, yeah. as shields and yep. shit like that? Yep. That was nuts, man. We gotta, yeah, yeah, we really gotta. I'm a big fan of police. Re- police reform after that video. I mean, after a ton of things, I feel like police reform is pretty crucial because police in this country have just become military. Yeah, they come in for uh, a a Seven Eleven robbery, and they have assault weapons and bulletproof vests and on the outside and tactical gear and yeah. all. it just. It, they come in very hot. There was nothing de-escalating about that video. No. It was nuts. Now, I don't know if the people in the thing had guns and were shooting first or however it went, but they came in hot like that on a hot... Draw them... Dr- follow them until they get somewhere away from people. Yeah. Because well, I, when I saw that story, what hit me more is... Yeah, I'm sad. My condolences out to the DPS. Yeah, man. That's rough, but, man. The person that got hit in traffic. It's yeah, like, that's nuts, man. It's like, how do you? I'm on my way home. Yeah, and why you just would you do up and it in a whole firefight? That is at a red light. You know, if the guy was the I okay, if if they killed the because they shot the the person they robbed the jewelry so they shot the lady in there. Uh huh. The UPS guy was still alive. I don't yeah. even see why they was the urgency was was so high. I get it, but I just don't. I don't see why that was. Now, what I what I'll say is, yes, I agree with you on the sadness of. I'm more sad that the the driver in the car got killed. I'm terribly sad that the UPS yeah, driver got for killed. Sure. But even maybe if even because if those people in the in the UPS car had guns, if they had diverted them away somewhere where there weren't people, mm-hmm. that person in the car going home wouldn't have got killed. But right. maybe the UPS driver would have still got killed. He was in a shitty situation. Yeah, for where. Sure. They killed a person. They're in a big brown truck. The police aren't going to pull up, walk up to them peacefully. They're going to walk up shooting. So either way, he's going to be in the middle of a shootout because mm-hmm. he's in the truck with them. Yeah, that that's that's a terrible situation to be in. But to use the cars, like walk down alongside yeah. the car and hide behind people. That's that nuts. was nuts. Terrible. That was nuts. And I don't understand what about their training made them think that that made any sense. You using. <laughs> Human, other human beings as a shield. That is crazy. <laughs> in the middle of in the middle of traffic, it's like I want to know that guy. I know he was fucking terrified. I don't even know. It's like, man, let me let me. Yeah. You had a truck. Let me go. Just let me get the fuck. Let me just let me go. Yeah. Like I, I wonder why. Where, I, they, where were they taking him? I wonder. I wonder if because he knows how to know how to drive the truck. I don't know. Oh, I, I hope. I, don't I, didn't, I didn't get all the full details. Yeah, I, I thought he know. was like in the back. I didn't know. I he was in. The, he was in the front. The back of the truck was empty. Oh, he was in the front truck. So he was just and a getaway they, truck. It was just a getaway driver. Robbery. It was just basically a getaway driver. It could have been anything. And then you know. the video I saw when they was they was trying to come out of the truck and they was just lighting banging them up. up. They were banging off. I saw the bullets. How do you even see a uh, somebody in a brown suit come out? Like what? 
Because they were on the left side of the truck. I saw the bullet holes coming through the right side of the truck. They was lighting them up getting out of oh the truck. They, they, him and the, the other robber was trying to get out the truck. And they was just like, they they lit them all up. Yeah. And it's like, I was like, at first it was like, because I, I know the story of his brother. His brother came out and was like, no, the police killed my brother. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the robbers. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's why. I was like, that was just a terrible idea. That was rough. What man. kind of, st- like... That shit was crazy. Yeah, man. that was that was that was pure chaos. Sad, it was man. it was shocking to see because you know we, you know we, we live in a country where yeah. you see shocking you see shocking videos all the time. And again, I, I always like to say like I understand the job of a police officer is very difficult. Yeah. I would never. I understand you got to make these split second decisions and all these kind of things. But on top of that, we've seen terrible policing in this country and you know you know racial biases and all these kind of things. But to see that was. There was no racism in that video. No. That was just bad police yeah. work. It also, was just terrible police work. Yeah. Who's still robbing jewelry stores? That's that's wild. Where are you going like, to Where are you going like, to sell the jewelry back to? Everything has serial numbers. People are dumb. That's one thing when I When I said I was like, people still do that? Where like, are you going to take the jewelry to? Come on, Fucking man. Fucking jewelry store, man. Shit is wild, man. Senseless senseless death. People die for no reason. Christmas time, people going to not I'm have their family. Man. man, it's tough, man. Anyway, mm. Let's get back to this uh, fucked up shit. Floor is yours. Yeah, so my affirmative murder this week is Juan Corona. <clears throat> so Juan Corona was, was born in um, Yulusco, Mexico, okay. on February 7th, 1934. Mm. He, first, he first entered the U.S. illegally mm. in 1950, crossing the border into California. The 16-year-old picked carrots and melons in the Emperor Valley for three months before moving to north, uh, moving on to the North Sacramento Valley. Mm. His half getting work where he can get work. Yep. So his half brother, um, his half brother, not not Fadad Corona. Okay. Um, him. So they both were immigrants. Uh-huh. Uh, had immigrant had emigrated to California in 1944 to work and settle in Marysville across the Feather River, Fe- Feather River of Yuba City. So Corona moved to Marysville area in in May 1953, at the suggestion of not. Not not Fadad, which is who is his brother. Yep. And found work at a local ranch. He first married. He was first married to Gabrielle, um, Her- Hermosillo mm. on October twenty fourth, nineteen fifty three, in Reno, Nevada. In nineteen fifty nine, he married Gloria Mor- Morono, and they had their fourth daughter. So he got married. Short lived. Short lived yep. first marriage. So in late December 1955, a flood occurred in Yuba and and Feather Rivers. It was one of the most widespread destructive of any other recorded in history of the in Northern California. Oh wow! A rush of water broke through the West Levee and flooded 100,000 acres, Mm. killing 74 people. Oh damn! Corona was compelled by authorities to aid by digging um, victims out of the mud. California is as beautiful as it is. It is a hellhole. I just watched a documentary about the, there was this wildfire back in 2016. It was called The Campfire. Mm-hmm. The documentary is called like Wildfire or something like that. Mm-hmm. This fire, it was a dry season. So it just burned through m- hundreds of miles and it cornered this, there was this city, this city like in upper California state. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was like a, a city surrounded by trees. It burned the whole city All down. It. it burned the whole the city. It burned the whole. It was a town. Okay. It burned the whole town down. People died in their cars. I think like wow. I think like I think like eighty nine people died, and the people that survived, they, they there was like one road out of town. They got stuck on the road, and there was nowhere to go. The traffic jam. It was a traffic jam, and there was a fire where the exit, like the road, you know, it's like Shit. one road out, and yeah. that there was a fire. So they all had to get out of their cars and go stand 
in in this parking lot because the parking lot was concrete and there was there were what trees. What about the smoke and all that shit? Oh, they had to just bear it. Wow. The smoke was everywhere. It was ten o'clock in the morning. They had footage of people in their cars. It was ten o'clock in the morning. It looked like it was midnight. Wow. You couldn't see the sun. It was it was five. It looked like they were in hell. That's crazy. Highly recommend the document. It was it was it was one of the craziest like. It was maybe forty-five minutes. It was one of the craziest forty-five minutes pieces of film I've ever seen. I, I couldn't. It was. It looked like they were in a barbecue grill, mm. driving their cars. They got their kids in the back. It's okay, guys. They're praying because you're on a road. Imagine being in like six o'clock traffic mm-hmm. to go home in a in a barbecue grill. It's like we need to move. Why are we not moving? Yeah, like, you what's know, going it, on? It's urgent. Cars burnt burnt up on the side of the road. You're still in your car, like. Oh my God! Please don't let it be smoke coming through the vents. It was nuts. That's they had to make crazy. rags. Oh, it was it was nuts. California's nuts, and it floods. So floods, fires, earthquake. Oh, I'm good, man. I'll visit. I'll visit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would love to live there, though. But all that shit. Would you? All that shit. I don't <laughs> know, man. Get a property there. What's going to happen to your property? Your property will flood, burn, earthquake, crack it in half. I wouldn't invest in property in California. People love living out there, though, man. It's, it's gorgeous. I don't know, man. Still worth it. That's yeah. right. If I got to get that check tomorrow, you're going. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, so uh Corona was suffering from an episode of schizophrenia. Oh jeez. On January seventeenth, nineteen fifty six, Not Vidad had had him committed to DeWitt State Um Hospital in Auburn, California, where he was diagnosed with schizo- with schizophrenic reaction and paranoid type. Mm. So he received twenty three shock treatments. Before being pronounced recovered and released three months later. That shit doesn't work, man. Yeah. <laughs> Upon his release, um, Corona was deported to Mexico. In 1962, Corona returned to the U.S. legally <laughs> oh. with a green card. Yeah, with a green card. At, and at this time, he stopped drinking. Aside from schizophrenic episodes and a reported violent temper, Corona was, regard, was regarded as a hard worker. The same year he became licensed, he became a licensed labor contractor, and he was in charge of hiring workers to staff the local fruit branches. I would love to talk to the person or persons who were in charge of this making stereotypes because Mexicans being deemed lazy as a stereotype mm. is one of the wildest stereotypes ever. I don't you know, know I don't know if I ever heard that. Lazy Mexican? Yeah. Oh, it's a big time stereotype. But I don't know how. Yeah. All they do is work. That's Hard, it. Hard, too. Hard. In the summertime, 105, they're building houses on roofs. I see that tar. shit, and I'm like, I don't know. Fuck that. Yeah, I don't know where that... I don't know who came That's up with that. That's all heat. You getting all heat? Yeah. Nah. It's all heat, and you're nah. you're pouring hot tar on a roof. Yeah. No, thank you. Then you oh. got melted and shit? Nah. I'm good. Uh, yeah, I don't know who came up with that one. Do black people say, like chicken? Believe. Sure. Yeah. You got me on that. Who doesn't like chicken? But a Mexican being lazy... That's crazy. Yeah. That's that's nuts. Anyway, continue. Speaking of chicken, you know Mike Down- McDonald's coming out with a chicken sandwich. Oh, the chicken wars are in full effect, man. The chicken war- Now, I have not eaten McDonald's in some time. But if they if the commercial comes out and it's quality chicken, I still haven't had the Popeye's chicken sandwich. So I have to, I feel like out of respect, I can't go to McDonald's yeah. and, before I have the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Yeah. If I might have to do a thing where I bring we'll bring them both here. That'd be crazy. And we'll do it on mic. Yeah. Like, because by that time, the Popeye's hype will fully die down. And there's so many McDonald's, I don't think it's going to be a problem with uh, no. <laughs> with uh, lines and all that. They're going to crank those out. Yeah. And maybe we'll do a taste test live on air. Bring a McDonald's chicken sandwich. Pencil that in, friend, if you remember. Got you. When the chicken McDonald's chicken sandwich comes out, I'll do a taste test live to compare the two. 
McDonald's chicken sandwich versus Popeye's chicken sandwich, and we'll see. What, they what making millions off of us, though, man. Of course, wow. as always, man. As chicken always. sandwich. Just, always. Everybody's gonna be cranking out chicken sandwiches. Oh, every yeah, it's coming. Long John Silver's come out. Arby's and all they do is lunch meat. <laughs> just they gonna turn all that no, lunch, thank you. Turn all that lunch meat into a, a patty and then bread it and fry it. They can keep that shit. I don't want no part of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, he was in charge of hiring workers to staff the local fruit ranches. So Corona had anger issues with homosexual men. So his half brother, not not Tividad, right? Yeah. Um, who was gay, but his, bro- his brother was gay. Him. Yeah, but loved him. Yep. And his brother owned the Guadalajara Cafe. In Marysville, mm-hmm. early on the, early uh, the morning on the morning of February twenty fifth, nineteen seventy, a young man named Jose Romero Rea was brutally attacked with a machete oh. in the restroom of the cafe. He was discovered by customers at one o'clock a.m. hacked about the head and face, mm. and Natividad, right? Natividad, Natividad called the police. Raya filed a lawsuit against Natividad, winning a judgment of two hundred fifty thousand mm. dollars. So this guy survived that and sued the sued his gay, sued this guy's gay brother. Yeah, did he do it? Winning a judgment of two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which prompted Natividad to sell his business mm. and return to Mexico mm. instead of paying. The attack occurred after Raya rejected Natividad's sexual advances. Wow. Yep. It's like dudes at the mall. What do you mean? When you know when girls say no, and then they, yeah, they all kinds. You of were interested. You were interested a second ago, and now yeah. she said no, and she's a bitch. And yeah, fuck you, ugly, you're ugly. And, you know, except this turned violent. Yeah. So in March 1970, Corona was again admitted in DeWitt State Hospital for treatment. A year later, in March 1971, he applied for welfare. His application was denied. I would hope so. Yeah. So on May 19, 1971, a farm owner who who had used Corona to contract field workers, noticed a freshly dug hole in his peach his peach orchard. Ooh. The next day, the hole was filled with filled with dirt. The farmer was suspicious and called mm. the police. Was the body shaved? When they investigated, they found a man's body. Mm. And, uh, a man's body that had been stabbed and hacked. Oh, God. Yeah. With the machete. Yep. In one grave, deputies found two meat receipts bearing Corona's signature. In other two, in in another two graves, there were two crumpled Bank of America deposit slips. Uh, Bank of America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, printed. They've been around. Yeah, printed with Corona's name and address. The circumstantial evidence gave an gave an added boost to the case. And when you say meat receipts, you mean like, like a sex worker? I don't know. I don't think. I don't think so. Like a butcher. Yeah. Oh, okay. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know which one was. Who was killing people? His gay brother, right? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, I'll leave him mysterious. Yeah, yeah. Please continue. Uh, I'm sorry. So witnesses later told police that some of the victims had been last seen riding Corona's pickup truck in the early morning hours, May 26, nineteen seventy-one. Police entered Corona's Yuba City home with a search warrant and arrested him. Evidence indicating his guilt was discovered and seized, such as two bloodstained knives, a machete, a pistol, and bloodstained clothing. There was also a work ledger that contained 34 names and dates, including seven of the known victims. Mm. The ledger the ledger came to be referred to as a death list mm. by the prosecution, who alleged um, it recorded the dates that the men were murdered. So Corona had been supplying workers to the ranches where the victims were discovered. He housed many of the men who worked for him 
um, in his bunkhouse on the Sullivan Ranch, where most of the victims were discovered. So he got a whole. So he was like a work pimp, I guess, because he was hiring these. He was in charge of hiring these dudes and was keeping them at his house. And was keeping them at his house, or yeah. This sounds like slavery, kind of. Yeah. So this dude killed about twenty-five people. All of them were knife, the migrant workers with knives, with knives or machetes, and one of them was only killed with a gun. Was shot. I bet you this was some kind of worker slavery thing, and anybody that bucked and was like, "I'm not doing it. Pay me. I'm not doing this anymore." I don't know. You kill them. That's yeah. my guess. Because that's wild. Yeah. Because you, I just want to make sure you say, they were staying in his house too. Yeah. These people, and then he would bring them to these different, you know, ranches and things like that. It's like, here, here's a here's a guy who knows how to, you know, build sheds. Yeah. I got one. Wow. And all these, all, these were older men. Like, the youngest was 40. Okay. The oldest was... 67. Oh, man, I'm sure they were all like illegal immigrants and yeah. looking for, you know, off uh, undocumented work. Yep. And he took advantage of that. Damn. But the death date is like between, yeah, all I'm saying between February and May. So, so it was real fast. Quick. Yeah. Quick. Yep. So Corona was provided um, legal aid and assigned a public defender, Ron Van, Ron Van Dan Ho- Hovell. He hired several psych- psychiatrists to perform a um, psychological evaluation. Although the sheriff, Roy Whit- Whitaker, said that the prisoner was in no apparent or immediate danger from his fellow townsmen. Corona was moved to the new and larger county jail in Marysville on May 30th, 1971 for security reasons. Mm. So on June 2nd, Corona was returned to Sutter County for um, arrangement, which was, closed to th- which was closed to the media and public. A plea of not guilty was entered and date was set for Corona's preliminary hearing. By the time the search was terminated on June 4th, a total of 25 male victims had been discovered. Mm. Four of them were identified. Whitaker said he believed that the, that even more bodies might have been buried in the area. So June 14th, um, Van Dan Hovell was replaced by Richard Hawk, a privately retained defense attorney. In return for his legal um, representation, an agreement was made granting Hawk exclusive liter- literary and dramatic and dramatic property rights to the defendant's life story, mm. including the proceedings against him. Under the agreement, Corona waived the attorney-client's privilege. Um, shortly after taking over the defense, even before seeing Corona's medical re- medical record and reading of in- and reading any of the s- reports, Hawk decided against having him plead not guilty by reason of insanity and fire the, s- the um, psychiatrist. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's an interesting tactic of his. Yeah. yeah. So Corona complained of chest pains uh, from his cell in Yuba City on June 18th and was taken to the hospital where he was diagnosed with having a a mild heart attack. The grand jury returned a 25-count murder indictment against him um, on July 12th. In early August, Corona was hospitalized again after complaining of chest pains and saying that he he had not been able to sleep because of those chest pains. Okay. So it took over a year after the murders were after the murders were discovered for the case against Corona to come to trial. The California um, Supreme Court voided the death penalty in the state on February 18, 1972, ruling it unco- unconstitutional and cruel and unusual. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it would, it would not be a capital, a capital case. So Hawk succeeded um, in not getting a change of venue from the Suter, from Suter County to Solano County. The trial began on September 11, 1972, at the courthouse of Fairfield, California, more than 60 miles from Yuba City. 
Mm. Jury selections took several weeks and the trial and the trial another three months. So this shit was taking forever. Damn. I mean, like it was already over a year. But this, it sounds like the lawyer's doing whatever he can. Yeah, to, for sure. To get to get to make sure that there's no relation in the jury pool. He can get like a bunch of jurors who um, maybe you know don't he know said like aren't he, familiar. Yeah, like you know what he was doing. The other guy, it was just a yeah. I mean, it's an interesting technique to yeah. to have schizophrenia in your history and, and say. We're not going to try the guilty by reason, not guilty by reason of insanity thing. I'm going to do this my way. Yeah. Damn. So though Corona denied culpability, he was not called to the stand to testify in his in his own defense, and no defense witnesses were called. The jury deliberated for 45 hours and returned a verdict. On January 18, 1973, finding Corona guilty of first degree murder on all 25 counts mm. charged. The judge, Richard Patton, sentenced Corona to 25 terms of life imprisonment Ooh. to run conse- consecutively throughout the possi- without the possibility of parole. Despite being sentenced to so many consecutive terms, the Department, the Department of Corrections said that Corona will be eligible for parole in seven years, citing Section 669 of the, the Penal Code, uh-huh. um, which mandates that when a, crime is pun- when a crime is punished by life imprisonment, with or without possibility of parole and all other convictions shall be merged and run concurrently okay i guess that's a win for him yeah, <laughs> yeah. it still sounds like he could have he could have just kept his lawyer that he had because he killed 25 people yeah this guy didn't i'm sure he didn't get out after the seven year when he was up for parole you know like yeah uh i guess he was going to jail for life regardless yeah i guess this guy came to him and was like hey man oh somebody was like man you should hire this guy and then he, but then he sold away like his movie. He, he sold his way his life right. He can't even write a book about his that life. That dude knew what the fuck he was doing. He, st- <laughs> he swindled that man. I'm going to make a book. He said, hey, man, we're not going to do, uh, we're not going to go in there and say, you know, um, try to plead for, uh, what is it called? Um, and plead insanity. Ple- oh, yeah, pleaded for insanity. Yeah. So. Also, sign over your, your whole life rights yeah. to me. And that man, his That's name tough. was Robert England, and he went on to direct the Nightmare on Elm Street. That'd be crazy. This was loosely based on this guy's life. <laughs> Made a whole bunch of money and yep. millions of dollars. <laughs> That's crazy. So Corona was first incarcerated in Vacasville, California medical facility, nine miles from Fairfield because of the heart irregular- irregularities he had experienced. Mm-hmm. On December 6, 1973, he was stabbed 32 times in his cell because he had bumped into a fellow inmate in a corridor and failed to say, excuse me. God damn. Couldn't be me, man. I couldn't be in prison, man. No. Yeah, I, hey, I'm sorry, man. Excuse me. Yeah. I bow to him. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> but then that you gotta bow, you gotta balance that because then now you look, look like, like a food. Bitch. Yeah, yeah. You know. So, so uh, yeah, prison's not for me. <laughs> it's not. It's not for me, man. Excuse yeah. me, sir. Sorry. Yeah. Fucking want to shake Somebody his hand and shit, you, man. Hey, man. I'm gonna take this apple today. You gotta just be like, okay. Yeah. Now you take your apple every day. Now you're not getting your nutrients. <laughs> <laughs> it's lose lose, man. Yeah, you can't, can't win, win man. Uh, yeah, so of the five men questioned, including the one involving in, including the one involved in the bumping incident, one identified, one identified as the man's sexual partner. Oh, and three inmates identified as friends of the partner. Four were charged with sexual, uh, <clears throat> what? Charged with assault with a deadly weapon. Oh, I was like, they raped. <laughs> Yo, prison is nuts. I was so yeah. So um. Yeah, I don't know. This, His sexual this, partner. Yeah, that man was raping that man. Look how fast life comes at you in prison. You are in prison for a month. You, now you get somebody's sexual partner. You getting stabbed, getting in fights because you bumped into people. No, thank you. Yeah. yeah, no thanks. 
So uh, Corona was transferred to the Correctional Training Facili Facility, Sol Soledad, California. In early January 1974, Corona's wife, Gloria, filed for divorce in Fairfield, citing, citing an irre irreconcilable, yeah, irreconcilable difference. differences. It was granted on July 30th. Okay. What are the irre irreconcilable differences? He's a murderer? So, yeah. That's easy. Stamp so, that. Get yeah. her out of there. <laughs> so on May 18th, 1978, California Court of Appeal granted Juan Corona a new trial based on his appeal and a petition for the right of Her Herbie's corpus. Now, I think they meant to say, um, yeah, Juan Corona. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm so used to saying just his last name. Yeah, so he got a, um, a new trial. Granted a new trial, yep. What, um, does he, what does he expect to happen? Yep, sir. Herbie's corpus filed by his lawyers. So Alan Exerald and Michael M Mendelson. The appeals court based its decision on the two primary issues raised by um, the appellate counsel. First, trial counsel, counsel did not do the requisite legal and factual investigations required. Second, second trials counsel obtaining publication rights as part of his fee created a impermissible conflict between the trial counsel and Juan Corona. Um, well, that guy's not giving that back. That's so. it. He signed that over already. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's pretty, but he but he wanted the new trial though. I know, but like for what? They was yeah okay. Even if you, it's like oh yeah, that li that lawyer that I hired, he took he took my life rights as payment. You can't do that. And they didn't look at this. It's like okay, you killed twenty five people. No, the lawyer though. Oh, the lawyer wanted to get yeah, a new trial. Yeah. Okay. Well, I missed that. Well. Okay, so why? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Whose lawyer? This guy, Corona's Cor lawyer? Yeah. I guess he thought he could beat it. Maybe well, Maybe I'm not seeing his whole plan. Did you finish this? Cause I wanna... I'm not done yet. Mm. Okay, cool. I wanna... Maybe maybe some twists coming. He got out. No, that ain't. Oh, okay. I was... <laughs> uh, the second trial began on February 22nd, 1982 in Hayward, California. Corona's defense, um, Corona's defense posit posited that the real murder of the ranch workers was most likely... Not to Vidad Corona. Wow. That makes sense. That he threw his brother under the bus? No, that um, his brother could have been the one that did it. Why? Because he hacked up that man? Yeah. And because... Um, he needed... I mean, I, the real murder of the ranch was going to be... The br not, but the, br not. the brother was I, the one that was bringing the people to the ranch. Right? The one that's in jail right now. So, uh, uh, not not Juan. Juan. Juan yeah. was the one that was working for all these different ranches and bringing them people, right? Mm -hmm. That's why it makes sense to me. I'm picturing some kind of like slave oh, master okay. situation yeah, okay. where he's keeping people in his basement, who he is taking to these other places and getting paid, and probably taking the money from them and telling them I'm gonna give it to these workers, and then they come back and then whoever bucks like, hey man, I went and worked all day and where's my money? He's like, all right, cool. I'll get you your money. Come out here with me. Kill him. Bury him somewhere. Go get some new people. Tell them the same bullshit. Hey, man, I'm gonna be your rep. I'm gonna be your manager. I'm gonna get you work. I I know you're undocumented, so I'm gonna get you work at all these different ranches, and then they'll pay me, and I'll pay you. I just take a little percentage. Mm -hmm. But he takes all the money and houses them. So it's like, oh yeah, you get free housing, whatever. Boom. They probably sleeping in some bullshit basement, you know, elbow to elbow, and you know, and smelling and all this type of shit. And then when one of them finally goes, hey man, I've been here for two weeks and working, and you haven't paid me my money from these ranches that I've been working at. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Follow me. 
Yeah. I got a, also, I got a, a, a human-sized hole. Go ahead and lay down in there for yeah. me. Okay, so also... I think he just threw I a think his brother. Yeah, but I think his brother could be one of them. Because, I mean, just His brother could have been in on it. Yeah. But he could have might have did it, too, because he tried to hack that man mm-hmm. in his cafe. He probably was using his cafe, probably Ooh. meeting these people. Ooh. was like, oh, look, my brother has a, mm, a business. We a can, business. We, we can, can find you work. We can Ooh. find you work. Oh, okay. And his brother could have been around. I'm following you. Hack, he hacked. All these people were killed from a, mach- a knife or machete. Sure. So he could have been he could have been killing them and be like, bro, look, I'll give you whatever or I'll pay you something and mm-hmm. we can leave him. We got to dig this hole and we can leave him here. Yeah. And then, but he got caught. Family business. He got caught from the, the Raya guy, mm-hmm. and it was like had to pack up shop. Got to the pay, whole business. Got to pay money or bounce. Yeah. But like, I'ma just dip. Yeah. So it's fucked the whole business up. The whole strategy they had going. And now. It's probably his brother probably threw him on the bus too. But like now it's it's on him now because yeah. I'm not I'm not even in the country anymore. Yeah, so that could be a possibility. I don't mm, know. Mm, that's possible. So mm, mm. I like that angle. Yeah. So uh, they were saying that his brother might have did it. Um, he who was a known homosexual who was accused of attacking um, Romero, who was the guy in the cafe. Mm-hmm. I mean, after losing a lawsuit, Ray filed and he fled back to um, his native Mexico. Mm-hmm. And then his brother died eight years later. Eight years earlier in um, Guadalajara, so, so he, he's dead. He's he died. So he so. blamed him for he he blamed him for it, thinking, well he's he's dead. So you gotta let me out because I said he did it and he's dead. Yeah, yep. That probably didn't work. I was saying. So this time around, more than fifty defense witnesses were called to the stand by um, um by Helenon Helen Helenon. I guess that's like a judge. The, or pro- probably the probably the prosecution. Yeah, prosecution. Probably all the people he didn't pay. Yeah. <laughs> so Corona was called and called in in his own defense with because he didn't get that last time. So he was at he was only asked two questions, um, through an interpreter, taking only two minutes. Um, they asked him, "Did you understand the state um has accused you of killing twenty five men?" He said yes. Um, so he said, "Did you did you have anything to do with the killing of those men?" He said no. <laughs> I mean, end of story. Yeah. Um. So then, so the prosecute the prosecution turned to Corona over the. So Hel Helen and I think that's the Helen and then turned Corona over to the prosecutor. Okay. So Ronald, um, who was f- who was for cross examination, startled prosecution attorneys requested a brief recess to gather their their wits and prepare some of. Some of the more than six hundred and thirty exhibits of their cross. Yeah. Later questions. Later, um, was Ronald questioned Corona about a various fans and cars he used at the ranch, where he worked and where he lived, in which some weapons were found. Okay. So the trial lasted seven months. Damn. Corona was again convicted of the crime on September twenty third, nineteen eighty two, and he returned to prison. After the strategy failed to persuade the jury, which deliberated for 54 hours over a two-week period um, of his innocence. Afterward, the foreman told the press that the most incriminating piece of evidence against Corona was his work ledger, for which the labor contractor had no reasonable explanation. He said the jury had dismissed the defense contention that not not Fadad committed the murders. Uh-huh. He wasn't in Marysville enough to have committed the bulk of killings, he said. Mm. So, so he, he did just, some of them. Yeah, he did some of them. He, yeah, he might have did some of them. Like it was a family business, like we said. Yeah. Um. So Corona was transferred from CTF at Soldad at Cor, Cor, Cor Coran State Prison in Cor Coran, California, in 1992. 
where he served a life sentence in a sensitive needs yard because he had dementia. So he was denied parole eight times, and Corona died in March on March 4th in 2019 at the age of 85. Oh, damn. Lived a long time. Hell of a long time. Yeah, sure. Um, 1930, you said? Something like that? Was more? 1934. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, so I don't think he did all of those. I think his yeah his brother did have some in him. We, we are... We, we're on different sides of the fence on that one. Oh, so you don't think his brother? I, I think, think I think it was I think it was a family business. I, I I can't speculate on who did more of the killing, but I think they both they both were killing people for the for profit. And that uh, labor ledger that he has is because he's s- slaving out these people. Is my guess is he's sending these people to all these uh, you know these ranches to work and not paying them. Yeah, but he didn't own the ranch though. No, but he's contra- He's bringing them to work. Yeah. The same way somebody, a slave wrangler, back in you know the 1600s, would go get the slaves and bring them back to the ranch when they people ran away. He's getting these undocumented uh, immigrants, and and like you said about the brother, they they come, they go. Hey man, my brother, yeah. my brother uh, has a good in. He 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 uh, has a good word in with a lot of the ranches around. He he can get you some work. I know you are undocumented. If you mm. need some work, they go. Okay, cool. And he they go to him. He goes. Okay, look, you give me ten percent. I'm gonna take the money up front, and then I'll pay you at the end of the week. And then he goes and takes the guy and goes, "Here, Mr. Ranch Owner. Yeah. Here's a guy who does this. He picks uh, apples, and boom, now he's working, but he hasn't been paid yet. Yeah. And then the time comes when it's time to pay. I uh, get you next week, you know. Blah, 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 blah. And go ahead in the basement, go to sleep. Got work tomorrow. And then he's sending all these people doing the same thing with all these different people. And then the, as soon as somebody says, "Hey, man, pay me my money," then you gotta go. Cause I'm not gonna pay you. Uh, this is a scam. I'm yeah. scamming you. That's my that's my theory. So I think it's possible that they both were killing some people. But I definitely think they got the right guy. I think this guy was the the real mastermind behind everything because he had all these connections with these different ranches because he's known as a hard worker and yeah. telling them he can get them workers. Yeah, that's true. That's that's my theory. That's that's my theory behind the whole thing. I just I just I just feel like undocumented immigrants get taken advantage of in so many different routes coming across that border. This just sounds like an actual real scenario of you need work. Here's a here's a guy who also here hey uh you know uh K Paso like you know we both speak Spanish. I'm your friend. I live here. I'm set up. I got your back. I'll get you a job, but I'm taking advantage of you in some kind of way to help myself. That sounds like a a real type of scam that undocumented undocumented immigrants probably still fall into today. That's hella people though. God dang. Oh, yeah. But I think it was no that's why I'm my whole point is I don't think there's any malice. This was like a business. Where we where we've done the way somebody would kill a dog if they lost a dog fight. Yeah. Like there was no hate in it. It was like, "Oh, you are going to tell people that I'm not paying you, I'll kill you and then get a new person." So that's why he's able to get his numbers up so high because it's it's purely a business thing. It, yeah. There's no there's, he's not looking for a specific person. He just kills and then gets a new replaces them. Is how I'm seeing this. That's my theory. Just hacking them though. He just yeah. Keep the machete and just cold blooded. That's different, man. That's different. You different type of mind. Do some shit like that. No, huh? for sure. Yeah. So that was my friend of murder of Juan Corona. That's that was that was that was yeah. tough, man. That's rough, man. Shout out to all the you know, um, people you know trying to better themselves and you know save their families and get across the border however they have to come across this dude it's oh man but it's, it's it's a ton of this dude it's a, it's all kind of this dude you know and that have all kind of ways of getting over on people it's funny there's a new video that came out that you know Donald Trump 
you know, his administration built like some new, a little small portion of a new wall. Mm-hmm. And some Mexicans put out a video, man, they hit that wall. They hit that wall in about, in about a minute flat. Threw a ladder up, went up, got down. All wow. that money they want to put into and the people. He thought that want, was yeah. They thought was gonna figure that out. Man, if they want to get over that fence, they gonna get over that fence. Go under the fence. <laughs> a they fence. They figured it out, huh? Yeah, man. They, yeah. <laughs> you build a twenty foot fence, we are gonna get a twenty five foot ladder. There was a video. I don't know where it was at, but it was like these two guys walking to the like this, this fucking wooden. I don't. I guess you would call it a fence. They did something to it and slipped them right through and closed them. Got back in his car and went on about his business. I was man, like, wow. them people. This fence ain't stopping them people, man. That's crazy. A fence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, let's uh, go ahead and jump into these good vibes so we can get up out of here. Fran got a baby to take care of. That's right, folks. Welcome to another segment of Good Vibes. Tis the season to be filled with those good rays of energy and go out into the world and do something, you know, positive and uplifting in the world. Fran, you got, you got your good vibes ready or you want me to give mine out first? You can go. Okay. So this week, uh, I actually found, at the end, I'm going to bring everybody down with some, you know, some some bummer uh, reality, but this is a good vibe story. So uh, this past week, for the first time, scientists have reversed dementia in mice with a drug that reduces brain inflammation. Mm. In- inflammation. So uh, rather than targeting the typical rogue proteins associated with dementia, scientists say that for the very first time, they have reversed dementia in mice with a drug that reduces inflammation. Up until now, most dementia treatments have targeted the amyloid plaques that are found in people with Alzheimer's disease. However, the latest study published in Science Translational Medicine suggests targeting inflammation in the brain might stop it in its tracks. In experiments conducted at the University of California, Berkeley, senile mice were significantly better at learning new tasks and and became almost as adept as those half their age. Experts are optimistic that it will work in humans and possibly lead to a cure for the devastating neurological condition. Not only that, they hope that any drug developed with with their strategy can also help brains recover from strokes, concussions, or traumatic brain injuries. The successful treatment in mice supports a growing body of research which says that our blood-brain barriers begin to leak as we get older. This is, the, this is the filtration system that blocks infectious organisms, letting in chemicals that destroy, neuron, that destroy neurons. Previous MRI scans by study co-author Professor Alan Friedman have found that the barrier breaks down in nearly 60% of people by the age of 70. Experiments in mice showed this caused an inflammatory fog that alters the brain, the brain's rhythms, causing tiny seizure-like events. This leads to momentary lapses in the uh, hippocampus that controls memory, shedding fresh light on the symptoms of dementia and other degenerative brain diseases. So basically, um, you know, there's a lot more science stuff and in, in all that, but basically there is a drug being produced in the works that um, might be able to cure dementia. Hmm. And I think that that's one of Dementia and Alzheimer's are two of the saddest diseases. Uh, Karen Kilgare from My Favorite Murder, her mom uh, passed away from Alzheimer's. And hearing her describe it is really sad because one day the, this person just isn't the same person anymore. Yeah. And my grandfather is actually going through some things where... He just kind of tells the same story and all those kind of things. Yeah. And I'm starting to see kind of red flags that it might be heading down that way. 
And it's just a, such a sad way to see a person go out because you make it to, you know, we talk about it, you make it to 100, you make it to 80, whatever, and then you just don't remember all that stuff you did in your life anymore. Yeah. It's a really sad way to go out. So I am happy to hear that there are, you know, drugs being produced that may be able to stop that someday, but we live in America, so yeah. the drug's probably going to cost $6,000 a pill. And does he, does, does, you say your grandfather? Yeah. Does he go like, did Harvey tell you that story? Does he do that? Or he's, or no, he just, it or is, just, it is just okay. like, every time it's like, oh man, it's crazy. Da, 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 da. And then I'll see him maybe the next time, even the same day sometimes. Yeah. Oh man, you know, I saw this person like the same way. Like not, did mm-hmm. I tell you this? This He's just telling me the same thing he told me yeah. an hour ago or 45 minutes ago or whatever. So it's That's not right. to the point where he doesn't know anybody or anything like that, but it's those those kind of red flags. Yeah. He, my grandmother also told me, I didn't ask my dad, but she told me he walked. You've been to my dad's house? Yeah, once, twice. He, my grandparents live near my great grandmother who lived next door to your cousins. Yeah, I've been, I think I've been past your grandfather's house before. So that house, he walked from there to my dad's house. My dad lives, I mean, 15, 20, like, 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 uh, he lives a long way from yeah. there. And my grandmother Especially just, to walk. Yeah, yeah, especially to walk. And he can't drive anymore. And okay. I thought it was because he got in an accident, but I don't know now. Mm-hmm. But my grandmother just thought he was sitting on the porch. He said he was going to go sit out on the porch. So he went out, she went outside and he wasn't on the porch anymore. This is her mm-hmm. story she told me. And, you know, so she thought he was going to go sit on the porch and all of a sudden he just wanted to go walk to my dad's house. That's crazy yeah. to go walk. It's, it's, it's so unwalkable that it's crazy to even think about. Yeah. So it's those kind of things. So, I'm glad that there is a treatment being uh, pursued and worked on. But at the same time, like I just said, that was the bummer is that the end is we live in America yeah. and the medical industry here is disgusting and for profit and terrible. So if this medication hits the market, it's going to be ridiculously, ridiculously yeah. priced and only rich people are going to be able to afford it. Right. Hopefully that changes. And that is why I say, you know, an election year is coming up. And vote for people who are going to make dramatic changes in this country. We don't need any more, you know, of the same or the normal or, you know, centrist. This system needs to be shaken up. I'm a big fan of universal health care. I think that health care is a right. You shouldn't have to uh, you shouldn't have to make a choice between keeping your lights on and living. Yeah. When it comes to that, when is that black and white? Like, you know, um, there was a video that came out. It was interesting. You just had a kid where British people were told stuff that people would have to pay for when they, you know, go to the hospital, yeah. how much asthma medication costs, this, that, and the third, mm-hmm. uh, EpiPens. And you know they charge you for holding your kid? Like a mother? What do you mean? Like, like, like there's, a, there's a skin-to-skin contact charge in your breakdown. Have you gotten your bill yet? No. If you get, I don't know if that goes straight to your, you know, um, insurance or what, but I'd like to see it proven because it could be state-to-state. State. I don't know. I don't I don't know, but I was from the they video. They charge the mother for they char- this- like uh, on your bills, like you know, for staying there. You know, you charge. They charge you to stay yeah. there. Mm-hmm. They charge you for you know sleeping in a bed, yeah. whatever this, that, and the third. The the drugs they give you. There's a skin to skin contact. Like if if they take the baby out of you and put yeah. it right on you, yeah, that's thirty five dollars. It's crazy, you know. So shit like that. I'm where it's look like, at it. I haven't drugged it. I haven't. It's just shit like that where it's like what? Yeah, you know. They sent Tamir Rice's mom uh the ambulance fee. Which I just thought was gross. You know, I understand it's it's bureaucracy and bills just kind of go out and it's just system. But a kill a kid was killed, you know, in a, in a park. He died, and then you know, a week later, the mom is getting a bill for a thousand dollars or however much it costs to get an ambulance. Yeah, 
it's just you know it's just crazy shit like that so that's the dark side of uh that's the, scary man the medical industry but i want to live to like i'm 100 but if i can go out when i'm old before all that other shit kick in yeah i'm fine with that that's why i'm again in this set in this thing it says like you know it could hit you around 70 but the longer you're past 70 the more chance you got at running yeah. into those kind of things. And it's like, if I can't walk or run and all that kind of stuff, that's one thing. But if I don't know who my kids are anymore, yeah, it won't hurt me because I, yeah, I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are, but I don't want to put my kids through that. Right. And that's why I just, I think the earlier you go away from that, the less chance you got to break in somebody's heart like that. You don't be like, who are you? Yeah. That would, if my mom said that to me, that would crush me yeah, in a way sure. that I couldn't recover for from, sure. you know? Yeah. So, um, thankfully, thank, you know, this, 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 uh, this college and this um this hospital is working on a cure for that but you know it probably you know under our current medical system it'll only be available to the richest and you know most wealthy of people that live in this country so you know so uh you know yay and sad so anyway good vibes fran it's on you yeah man you can it's happy though like there is a cure being worked on but we my you know my people probably won't be able to afford it if it's available anytime soon. But is it good vibes, though? Uh. <laughs> this is the first time you've done that, man. My bad, man. Happy Merry Christmas. You put people on a roller coaster. That we supposed to end this at the at the highest. Yeah. You supposed to leave it. They when people cut this podcast off, they supposed uh-huh. to go. That was a great episode. Yeah, got some good news. Yeah, it's, Not, a dark, it's a dark place, but here's some positivity to end it off. So the world the world isn't as bad as we think it is. I guess. Hey, man. Uh, you know, hey. Yeah, so my um good vibe story is about Dominic, this little kid named Dominic. Okay. So for three years, this little boy named Dominic has been collecting pajamas and books to give um to children who are who will be spending Christmas in shelters fuck after escaping domestic violence. Oh wow, fuck with that. Yeah, fuck with that. That's he started sweet. he started the campaign when he was just seven. Seven. This is different, right? Seven that's, years that's old. The, don't tell me. Don't tell me like his mom was because that hit me deep. Where it's like. My mom was a victim of domestic violence. No. Oh, okay, he just he just felt it in his heart. Yeah. Okay. That's Seven? still that's still deep. Damn. 7. That's selfless. That's selfless. There's no way. That's selfless. If I had money at 7 years old, some money stashed up, that would be the last thing. Shout out to Dominic. I would do at 7 years old. So, big shout outs to him. Big Damn. shout outs. Damn. So, yeah, he started the campaign when he was just 7 years old after he realized not everyone has a great time at Christmas. Mm. Now 10 years old, the youngster from London, England, has managed to donate hundreds of brand new pairs of pajamas and hundreds of books to women's aid so the children can have a fresh pair of pajamas and bedtime story on Christmas Eve. Mm. And this year, he is donating donating even more, as you can see from the photo um, submitted to GNN by Dominic's mom. He got shit every... all. It's just all um, Amazon packaging. Of, for, of pajamas, of and, pajamas books. and books and he's wow. just one side it's just him and one side is all the Amazon shit yeah. and the other side is the shit he already unpacked from Amazon that's beautiful crazy yep. damn damn so he never stops um, campaigning and trying to make other lives better if he's not collecting pajamas he is being an activist designing his own t-shirt to spread the word Spread the word of plastic pollution and donating the proceeds to ocean protection charities. Okay, little Greta Thornburg, baby, Dominic. Damn. Save the world. Man, these kids are going to save the world, man. I I believe in them. So as a real community champion, Dominic would love to show other kids that they have a voice and they can stand up for what they believe in. 
So yeah, that was that was Dominic. That's um, deep, man. He got another picture here. He just all of it, all the shit he got is wrapped up. Yeah, in gift wrapping. So yeah, no, that, big that's shout special. out, man. Big time special yeah. shout out to Dominic, man. Like I said just a second ago, man. I don't know if it's propaganda. I don't know. You know, I'm not a scientist, but the, if you just look at how the world is looking, we're doing damage to this planet and doing damage to this environment. And these kids and this generation coming up, they got something to say about it, man. Yeah. I'm seeing them galvanize. They rally. These shootings at these schools, these kids come out and they fucking want action from the politicians. Like, yeah. I've never seen kids give a shit like I've seen yeah. these kids give a shit. When I was a kid, I could care less about what politics was. I just know I missed the boat to vote for Barack uh, the first year he got elected because mm-hmm. I was 17. I wasn't old enough. And then that was kind of people that was the only time when i was a teenager that i saw people rally and be like excited about politics yeah and now since then in the last decade since that obama first term um these kids environment crisis school shootings you know whatever the the rich Mm. eat the rich you know these rich top one percent taking all the money these kids are out there they're spreading the message they're saying fuck you they're they're you know reading up on things these kids are about it man yeah and that's the that's the good thing about social media yes that is the good thing yeah because all the kids are on it so they see this shit and they want to like you know i want to be a part of that yes like yes but yeah i think it's good that kids are coming out and be like especially if they got loved ones and friends and shit going through bad situations or being killed or whatever they like Nah, man. Yeah. How do I stop this? Yeah, exactly. Let me go on Google, YouTube, Twitter, and who else is talking about this? Yeah. That is the good part. That Yes, that is a very positive part of social media. Now, there's a ton of negative parts of social yeah, media. for sure. Uh, like being on VampireFreaks.com and, you yeah. know, finding somebody who also is crazy and killing your family. So yeah. that is, it's the dichotomy of the internet. It's like, it it's a balancing scale. It's like yeah. the Libra scale. It's like it goes up and down constantly. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Yeah. Sometimes I don't even want to get on it. But I get on it. Some days it's like, oh, it's... it's yeah, this was funny today. The then you get time. on it the other day and North Karina has a Christmas present. It's like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, how am I supposed to take... How am I supposed to take that eight in the morning drinking my iced coffee? Yeah. You're supposed to just go to work now. Yeah. You might get bombed. Like, come on. Yeah. Hey. Look, like you said, man, it's the end of the show, so we're not gonna go ahead and get, <laughs> we're not gonna get into that. Hey, but, shit is hey real, guys, man. um, you know, uh, shit, uh, what's some positive shit to happen? Um, uh, tis the season, man. It's you know, uh, you know, you know, it's gonna snow. Some people that celebrate Christmas, some people that don't. Either way, you know, uh, Christmas songs are fun. I feel like even if you aren't cri- uh, Christian or whatever, yeah. Christmas. First of all, let me just break this down before I go. Christmas. Christmas is uh purely uh monetized holiday it doesn't matter yeah. what religion you are yeah. so that's all bullshit nobody assigns a religion to, to uh christmas anymore yeah it might have been that way at a point but it's about santa claus and presents yeah. so anybody can participate in christmas if you want to i don't think christmas is exclusionary there's no war on christmas there's no war on thanksgiving don't listen to anything that that man is saying he's crazy uh anybody can participate in christmas if they want and if you don't that's great but christmas songs are cool mariah carries all i want for christmas that's a fun song even if you don't celebrate Christmas. Yeah. So, tis the season for love and happiness. And before we go, I want to say, anybody, you have some spare money, go to Foreman Mills, go to Marshall's, go to... Foreman Mills is still open. It is. It's got to be a Foreman Mills somewhere, man. I'm saying it is still open. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, I know. So, go to Foreman Mills. Go That's to Marshall's. That's crazy. Go to TJ Maxx. What's another one? 
Shit, I don't know. No, okay. Go to Walmart. Go to Walmart and just buy 10 coats. Don't go to Walmart, please. Don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't want anybody to go to Walmart. Damn yes. <laughs> go to the other three that I named, and if all else fails, goes to Wal- go to Walmart. Yeah. And if you have money to just buy five coats, keep them in your trunk. If you see a homeless person, pop, go, hop out and pop the trunk on them. Get, throw them a coat, man. You'd be amazed how good it makes you feel. Don't film it. Don't film it. Just do it out of the kindness of your heart. I don't want to see anybody post something on our Facebook like, hey, y'all, holding the camera up to their face. Hey, y'all, I'm out here with this homeless man. Here, man, take that. Not even looking at him. Merry Christmas or whatever. Yeah. I'm out. Hey, do something positive for people. Follow my Instagram. Look, don't do that, man. Just do it. <laughs> and that's my last message. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in True Crime, Franco Evans. Congratulations again. Maxa. Maximiliano, Maximiliano yep. Francel Evans yep. is here. Future of the NBA, $10 million yeah, signing bonus. <laughs> <laughs> Catch you guys next week. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs>